When Yuko Shimizu created the Hello Kitty character in 1974, it became an immediate worldwide hit. We saw the character on pencils, notebooks, and inevitably, Deke made a cartoon about her as well. We are the Deke Geeks, and oh boy, this one's a doozy. We are the Deke Geeks, I'm Mark. I'm Avery. And this is a show where two dorks deep dive into the Deke Directory. And on today's episode we are talking about Hello Kitty's Furry Tale Theatre, the first ever Hello Kitty cartoon. So of course before we start talking about the Deke cartoon, uh, we should probably mention our experience with uh, Hello Kitty and Sanrio products. I mean, this this might be a long one because Sanrio is omnipresent. So, when did you first become aware of Hello Kitty? Oh God, um, it would have been before I was ten years old, I believe. Um, it would have been my older sister showing me something that she had that was Hello Kitty branded. I think. Um, that would have been my first encounter with the character. And then, um, I can't really remember that much, but I do remember there is they, a website called, I believe it's Sanrio Town, and they offered free email addresses there. Um, and I was a weird kid who was <laughs> kind of addicted to making free email addresses and free websites. Well, they were free. Yeah, they were free. It was like, woo! And, um, <laughs> gotta go for those. No, freewebs.com, classic. Um, but I ended up making a email address on Sanrio Town, I remember. And I also remember uh, Choco Cat being my favourite character from Sanrio at the time, namely because uh, Choco Cat's birthday was one day away from mine, um, like directly after it. Cool. Which I thought was cool, and I was like, I was like, yes, I like cats. You are cute, and you have basically the same birthday as me. You are my favorite. Hello. <laughs> um, past that, um, not really had much interaction or experience with Samuel products outside of uh, getting a very small, tiny selection of Good Tama um merchandise from again my older sister who. Got it when she was working in Japan for a short while. Um, and then, of course, Agretzko on Netflix. Right, yes. We'll probably talk about that in some length in a, yeah, in a few can, minutes. We'll get, we'll get around to Agretzko in a moment. Uh, because, of course, Sanrio is very topical at the moment. Um, when are they not? Uh, that's true. Uh, I have no idea when I became first uh, aware of Hello Kitty. I assume my sister has Hello Kitty products, at which point I am vaguely aware of their existence. Um, I mostly remember some weird Flash animation. And 
this was some satirical thing for some reason about the trial of Saddam Hussein. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right for um early 2000s flash yeah uh but there was a hidden sanrio button where it recontextualized the entire thing as saddam hussein and all of everyone in the court uh talking about uh going to the sanrio store huh quick question why'd you pronounce it as two separate words which sanrio you say San Rio. San Rio. Yeah, you say San Rio uh, because, instead of San Rio. Because I have no idea how to pronounce it because Sa- I am a white person from the middle of England. San Rio. San Rio. San Rio. It's one word. San Rio. San Rio. San Rio. Mm. I, I don't know where it... The, uh... Okay, but so you're the saying... The way you're pronouncing it makes it sound like an isle in the Spanish kind of area. Well, according to... <laughs> I can do geography, me. Now, now. An isle in the Spanish area. According to the official record from Sanrio, or Sanrio, uh, themselves, it's called Sanrio because it is Spanish for Holy River. Ah. But that may be nonsense. That may be... Yeah, a, no, I don't believe that for a fucking second, I, to be completely honest. I mean, honest. from what I gather, it's actually because uh, it was an alternate... Um, pronunciation of the company's original name with oh at the end it sounds a lot more reasonable than a fucking river <laughs> like like naming it after just some random spanish words that's what they claim holy river sanrio <sighs> but yeah i mean the sanrio company's just been something that's around but i mean no more so well slightly more so than diddle let's face it uh hey don't fucking rat on Diddle. Diddle is great. Okay, okay. A lot of people won't actually recognise stuff like Diddle. Uh, Diddle is one of the European equivalents. From Germany? Um, yes. Uh, Forever Friend? I don't know. I, all I know is that it's just called Diddle. It's a mouse No, no, with I'm saying abs- Forever Friends is another of the Euro- European equivalents. That's Hallmark Cards. Oh, that's an American. I suppose Hallmark is probably the American equivalent of Sanrio. I would say more Disney, to be honest, but huh? I would say Disney's more the American equivalent of Sanrio, to be completely honest. Really? Because Disney actually produced... Why ridiculous amount of new, different characters, constantly new characters being made, lots and lots of merch pushed and sold every single year, ridiculous omnipresence around the world... Yes, but Disney are a specific media company rather than yeah, a production but they are of the close, characters themselves. They are closer together than Hallmark. Mm. Hallmark and Diddle, I would accept as comparisons, but I wouldn't really say uh, Sanrio and Hallmark. Yeah, regardless, it's a, a branding company. Um, traditionally, their branding has all been kawaii culture. Cute culture. Um... But recently, they kind of switched to doing uh, relatable. Yeah, well, well, no, yes and no. Um, it's still very much in the cute style because you still have all the cute characters like Cinema Roll and stuff like that. Well, yeah. But then there is also the more relatable characters like Goodet Hammer, who the is egg this? Who is tired all the time? Yeah, just this tired depressed, the tired egg. And then you also have Agretzko uh, or Aggressive Retzko. 
which we have mentioned has a Netflix series. Yes, a very good Netflix series. Uh, if you haven't watched um, Agretzico, uh maybe it looks a little too cutesy for you. I think you should really watch Agretzico. It's a genuinely good anime. So, um, Agretzico is a character Sanrio came up with last year, was it? Might have been last year, might have been a couple of years ago, I'm not sure. It was either 2016 or 2017. Mm. And the basis is that she is an office worker uh, who unleashes her inner rage through death metal karaoke. Yep. She's also a uh, cute red panda. Yes. That's the entire character. That's the concept. Well, that's the base concept. Yeah. And then the Netflix anime fleshes out the character a lot more. Yeah. Well, the I mean, the original 100 shorts fleshed out the character, but... Not really. A little. I mean, they weren't really character development. They were just no, they were comedy skits. Time. Yeah, they were two-minute comedy skits. Um, Basically just an anime four-coma comic, really. But the actual... The actual, um, I mean, is it an OVA if it's a, a Netflix series, or is it a, a TV anime? I don't know what it would really count as, to be honest. I mean, it's... Regardless, the Netflix series... The thing series. is with OVAs is they're generally one episode long. But yeah, that's, that's true. But that said, one or two. Fully Cooly is counted as an OVA, and that's six episodes, so... I think with OVAs, it's a matter of they released them on VHSs and then continued to release them. So Fooly Cooly was probably six VHS releases. I don't think it was, my dude, because it was recent. It was like 2006. Oh, for God's sake. They're still calling it... V. Okay, they're still calling it OVAs even when it was DVD. Six episode series was released in Japan from April 2002 to March 2001 alongside a manga and novel. How was it released? Six DVD compilations. DVD, right. So yeah. it has to be on, on a physical media to be an OVA. Each containing so one episode. Let's just say a Netflix series. Yeah. Just simplify it, make it what it actually is. OVAs are a by-post. Yeah. <laughs> Anime by-post. Or store. But uh, Agretzico, the series basically fleshes out the entire world she lives in and kind of gives her more of a character and kind of gives it this comic tragic... Um, plot of just this office worker that doesn't want to be there mm. but is trapped ultimately yeah and over the course of the what is it 12 episode series I believe it is it's 12 episodes 15 minutes each long uh, something like that um, it's 10 or 12 it's really short yes it's very short series but um, over the course of the series uh Kind of like the character of Agretzko and also all of the side characters, uh, such as her co-workers and her boss, and also two friends she meets midway through the series. All of their characters and their development arcs and stuff like that, all fleshed out over the course of this very short 15 minutes per episode series, which is kind of astonishing considering it. Yeah, it's they, very economical. They managed to do it in such a really nice way. It doesn't feel rushed in any way, despite the timing of it all. It all flows really nicely. Um, basically, the way I would really describe this is if you took Bojack Horseman and then made it a hell of a lot lighter and injected some more comedy into it. So I think yes. maybe season one, Pojak, 
but still, again, lighter on the despair end on that. It's kind of Bojack Horseman meets The Office. Yeah. You have an office comedy element and a anthropomorphic animals being quite depressed in yeah. a depressing world yeah. element. Mm. And it's genuinely funny. It's The characters are just fun and interesting. Um, I mean, you've got... Who do I even start with? Uh, I would probably start with her, her main co-workers, so Hyda and Fenneco. Right, yeah, Hyder and Fenico, her, her basically best friends in this. Hyder mm. uh, secretly in love with her. Mm. Not very secretly in love with her. <laughs> Fenico finds out pretty quickly. Uh, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, and Fenico is this kind of um, sassy, slightly scary... Terrifying. Yeah, woman who, um, despite how she kind of laughs at her friends' misfortunes, deeply cares about her friends, and goes through ridiculous lengths to protect them and, like, make sure they're both feeling okay. Yes. Um, in such a sense that Fenico exclusively looks out for Retzko, and also throughout the series, Fenico helps Hyder try and win over his love, i.e. Retzko. But also constantly telling him, just tell her. Yeah. <laughs> Because a lot of it could have just been sorted out if Hydra had actually asked her. If Hydra just stopped being a blushy nerd for just two seconds. And then, of course, you've got a colleagues like, um, well, her boss. Oh, God. Her, her boss, Director Tone, mm. uh, who is a misogynistic pig, mm-hmm. literally. Literally. Got his hanger on, Kamiya, and um, the office suck up Tsunoda. Is it Tsunoda? Yes. Uh, Tsunoda being. The most Sanrio character. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Except weaponized Sanrio. Yeah, weaponized Sanrio because she is totally not like that outside of, she is uh, a outside of work. She's a deer who uses her cute to just get what she wants from the boss. Basically, second scariest character. <laughs> because you, there is an episode where you see the real Sonoda and it is like, okay, slowly back away now. Just this methodical... <laughs> calmly talking about how yeah. manipulative she is and how she doesn't care that everyone at work hates her. Uh, there's also the other main antagonist outside of Tone, who is uh, Subone, 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 the weird lizard lady. Um, she's a snake. I think weird lizard a... lady. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> They're basically lizards, but without legs. Yeah, I, she's she's one of the office. Uh, I can't remember what position she is in the office, but she's... Uh, she's pretty high-ranking, and she offloads superior. all of her work to Retzko. Yes. And when Retzko uh, argues back, she's like, yeah, no, <laughs> you do this fucking work, otherwise you're going to get sacked. Uh, she also tries to humiliate people with pickle jars. Yes. She has pickle jars, which she cannot open, and gets everyone to open the pickle jars for her. Uh, it, it, which um, is a wonderful recurring joke. Yeah, it genuinely is. Uh, and then... Um, Finally, there is uh, Kabe, who is uh, a pink hippo who talks very excitedly and... Loves spreading rumours everywhere. Oh, yes. She's the office gossip. Yeah. The moment she gets hold of a rumour, around the office it is. Immediately. 
Uh, she is. I mean, she's basically every uh, office comedy character played by a um, fat black woman mm. from American, just generally American sitcoms. Yeah. Uh, in that she is bubbly and likable, but a little too intense with her um, mm. talkative nature. I mean, you know that character. Case in points, literally forced Retzko to. Um lie to <laughs> to tell her like a, a thing that happening because she looked so happy at work for no reason yeah um which was also an, another enjoyable scene look this show's good you should probably go watch yeah, it or something we i mean we should we wish we were talking about this show rather than hello kitty's fairy tale theater it's 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 a good show you should well, go go watch go watch go uh. unfortunately <laughs> We have to talk about Hello Kitty's Fairy Tale Theatre. Oh right, yeah, that was that was the, the point. That's of this the episode. premise of oh, the show. Bugger it. This is what Oh. I was having fun with this podcast until you said that. Okay, Hello Kitty's Fairy Tale Theatre was made in nineteen eighty seven. It's the very first animated Hello Kitty series. Uh predates any of the Japanese OVAs. It also fascinatingly is Tara Strong's first leading role as far as i can tell and she was 14 at the time uh, so if you thought that um tara strong play if you thought it was odd that tara strong plays a lot of young girls this is where it started she was literally a young girl so anyway the premise of the show is that hello kitty and her friends and also her enemies because this is an american cartoon so there has to be conflict in the form of comic relief villains uh are all a theater troupe i guess as a theater not even her enemies they're her friends still frenemies they're just incredibly out of place because they're not samville characters yeah because deke made them I, I would definitely describe them as frenemies because they are not exactly pleasant people backstage. But anyway, they're all um, they all work in a theatre, putting on productions that are just ten minute cartoons uh, based on. I mean, I would say public domain properties, but a lot of them are just parodies of movies. They get from fairy tales to uh star wars pretty quickly yeah despite the name it uh kind of abandons the idea of uh replicating fairy tales pretty quickly and just starts just rummaging into random fucking both public domain and also licensed properties pretty much yeah i mean there's wizard of oz there's star wars there's et basically anything that was popular at the time mm. um alongside of course uh, cinderella and Dracula. Oh, Dracula. Dracula isn't exactly a fairy tale either, but... No. It is a public domain, well, which so is the important part. So is Wizard of Oz. Well, yeah, there you go. Uh, regardless, that's the show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she and her friends fight against the villains from the books played by uh, the other two characters that aren't directly her friends. And it's all played off like it's a uh, a stage play. There's not really much else to say about it other than that. Uh, the cartoons are short, obnoxious, and 
not really that interesting because any sort of, well, anything at all has been sapped away from it because it's aimed at small children. Um, the parodies don't go close enough to the source material to really be that interesting. <laughs> They're just thematically and visually similar in places, but mostly it's just a load of people heddling about doing things and villains turning up, and that's about it. Um, characters? What the fuck? What the fuck? There's five non-Samio characters. One five. of them is called Mouser. Do you want to know who Mouse is voiced by? Fred fucking Savage. From the Wonder Years. So what you're saying is, Fred Savage turns up in this at some point. Yeah. Also, Fred Savage from the Wonder Years. Not how I remember Fred Savage. Fred Savage from The Wizard. Well, yes, obviously, but he is best known for doing the Wonder Years. I've never seen the Wonder Years. I'm not even aware of what the Wonder Years is. It's a show. It's Amer- It's best known in America, let's put it that yeah. way. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, you've got your Samuel characters. You've got Hello Kitty and also her extended family. You've got Tuxedo Sam. You've got My Melody. That's where Sanrio stops. And here's where Deke begins. You have Chip, which is just a white seal. You yeah, have Chip- Catnip, which is a cat you, who looks like a outtake from fucking Cadillac Cats. Yeah. You have Fangora, who is Catnip's mother. You have... Grinder, who is a bulldog, again, looks like an outcake from Cadillac Cats. And then you have Mouser, who we've not seen. That's a mouse. Plays tricks on Hello Kitty, apparently. But there you go. That's all you fucking get. Yeah. And the characters are exactly what you expect. Hello Kitty and her friends are cute. Not much else. The rest of them are just... The villains are generic comic villains. Yeah, really Uh, uninspired designs. The cat is the crafty one. The dog is the dumb one. Yep. It just seems unnecessary. Yeah, I mean, I uh, have here a list of the Samuel characters. Now, while there are five non-Samuel characters, as it turns out, there actually aren't that many available that they could have used in place of the Deke characters. Uh, in fact, we have about four, three or four of them. We have Little Twin Stars, who are a pair of angel-like twins... Uh, yeah, they wouldn't fit. Yeah, there's a brother called Kiki and a sister called Lala. There is... Well, they're um, humans for one reason. They well, wouldn't, yes. wouldn't fit yeah. at all. There is uh, Zashiki Buta, which is a pig who is commonly seen wearing a green scarf and has a mouse friend called Tabby and lives in France, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, maybe need to workshop the name a little bit for the English audience. Uh, speaking of which, Hangyodon, which is a fish, and his main hobby, hobby is comedy. So, you know, again, anglicise his name, it'd fit right in. Yeah, but then they would have to, you know, licence more than three Sanrio characters. Well, yeah. Uh, and finally, there is Winky Pinky, who is a brown kitten. Fair enough. Who also probably would have fit in, but I guess that would be too many cats. I mean, there are a few clever moments, but only things like uh, getting away with putting lightsabers into a children's cartoon. Uh, no, no, they weren't lightsabers. They were beams of light made out of fleas. Yeah, by basically making them just a big bunch of fleas. sand? It looked like sand more than fleas, to be completely yeah, honest. It's... 
how else do you show fleas on a uh, mm, true it whirling around in a sword shape but for the most part it's it doesn't really get cute and no. it doesn't get funny it sort of misses the entire point of Sanrio in the first place. Well, also of having children's cartoons. It just feels like something that exists purely to... It's wrong for say that it, for it to be purely entertain children. Um, purely occupy children. Mm. It's colours and characters... And very little else. There's not much artistry going into it, not much creativity. It feels very slap job. The sad thing is, for me at least, uh, is that if they waited just one more year, they could have used Kiropi, which is a cute frog character, which is one of my favourite Sanrio characters, actually. Yeah, rather than making Chip the, uh, the bootleg Sanrio seal. Yeah. As it turns out, Chip seems to be a Sanrio creation, especially for the show. The last appearance he made after this was in a line sticker with Tuxedo Sam. And honestly, Kurapi is really cool. <laughs> One of the best Sanrio characters, in my opinion. And, you know, he would have just fit right in there. He's cute, he's smiley, you know, it just would have worked. And if it had waited until 1993... They could have gotten Bad Batsumaru in for the villain character. Because, um, and it would also double double up because you have uh, Tuxedo Sam, Penguin. He's the good guy. Bad Batsumaru, bad guy Penguin. There you go. Sorted. Yeah, fair enough. That, that, would, that would work a lot more than the most generic. Look, this is how generic deep the villains are. The female villain is voiced by Cree Summer. The voice of Penny from mm. Inspector Gadget. Yeah. But on the upside, she did sound like she was having a lot of fun. Yeah. To be fair, she was the only one who sounded like she was having yeah. a lot of fun. So, on that account, probably the best character. I, mean, I guess Chris Summer doesn't get to voice that many villains. So anyway, where are we ranking this? It's going to be pretty low, but... I'm going I'm... to give you a starting point Okay. on this. And I think this is a good starting point, right? Number 22... Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cats. It's not as good as Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cats. Oh man, that phrase is something else, huh? <laughs> I would rather watch Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cats, not because... Somehow we said we would rather watch Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cats over Elf the Animated Series. Um, yeah. Which is interesting. I, th- I think that was about right, but it's definitely not as good as Elf the Animated Series. Keep going down. Okay, Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling getting there the new archies Ooh, i think we may have found a comparison <laughs> see now i started at cadillac cats for obvious reasons in that the character designs are pretty much just straight out of cadillac cats but i mm, underneath new archies is Haven it's earnest i would definitely prefer watching fairy tale theater over Haven it's earnest yeah i'm just gonna say that now no i wouldn't because the Haven and Sanders was more engaging than this. And uh, as bad as it was, we had something to say about it. Because it was a very unique show. It was very interesting in how it was basically Bill Nye the Science Guy, but without the science. Yeah, whereas this is Just My Little flat. Pony, but without the world. Yeah. 
Well, okay. Here's a good comparison. Slimer and the real Ghostbusters. The executive meddled version of the real Ghostbusters. Ooh, um... I would say it's about on par with it. What's directly under Slimer? Gadget Boy. I'm going to say, personally... Hmm. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say personally. I don't know. Thinking about it. Oh. I mean, I went into this thinking, okay, this will probably rank somewhere in the middle because it wasn't obnoxiously bad. It was just so mediocre as to be nothing. Mm. But when you compare it against things that are entertainingly or interestingly bad. Like Kid Video. Like Kid Video, it pales in comparison because there is just nothing to grasp onto. I will have forgotten Fairy Tale... Sorry, Fairy Tale Theatre within the next few weeks. Okay. Here is my proposal. Okay. In between Slimer and Gadget Boy. What's directly below Gadget Boy? Super Duper Sumos. Oof. Yeah, I think you're right. So that's in at number 28... Hello Kitty's Fairy Tale Theatre. So, that's the end of this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, then give us a little subscribe and review on iTunes. Tell your friends about us. Follow us on Twitter. We sometimes tweet. And, uh, yeah. That's... I covered everything before I realised it. Well, oh, well there's done. that. <laughs> Efficient. Next week, we explode into battle. Oh.